Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? I'm recording this very late Sunday night. I just finished watching the Monday night football game. That was an incredible game. You had Derek Carr balling out. Darren Waller is going to compete with Travis Kelsey to be the tight end one this year. You had Zay Jones with the game winning catch. I mean, Lamar Jackson's going to bounce back, but just a great overall game. But that's not why I'm here today. I'm going to be going through my start sits for the running back position for week two of fantasy football. And before I get into the first game, I just want to say that while you guys are watching this, if you enjoy the content, please just leave a like and subscribe to the channel. And then let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. You guys can drop your sit starts, waiver wire questions, trade advice, any of that stuff. I will make sure to respond to every single person. But let's get started with the Thursday night game. It's going to be the New York Giants at the Washington football team. And for the Giants, this is tough because I still don't have a lot of confidence in Saquon. I'm going to guess he's going to get a little bit more work than from week one. So I do have him here as a start. Also, because you probably drafted him in the first round. So he's almost locked into your lineup. But I still would temper my expectations until maybe week four, week five, because overall, this Giants offensive line is very concerning and you kind of need a lot of volume and you honestly need to get into the end zone to be productive. So I still think you just got to wait and see, but it's just going to be very tough to bench Saquon Barkley, but he's probably going to fall, you know, as a low end RB2 this week. For the Washington football team, we did just hear news that Antonio Gibson is dealing with a shoulder injury. They said he would have been limited if they practiced today. So this was on Monday, but if he's ready to go by Thursday, he has locked into your starting lineup. I loved the way they used him on Sunday. He really looked like he was the three down back. You know, in the preseason, we had seen JD McKissick taking a lot of that third down work. He was basically non-existent. It was all Antonio Gibson. He played very well, you know, up until that fumble late in the game that probably cost them, but still they're going to go back to him. And if he's on the field, he has to be a start. And then for JD McKissick, since Antonio Gibson is taking such a monopoly over these touches, I just do not feel comfortable plugging him into my lineup. Now we're on to Sunday, and it's going to be the New England Patriots going to New York to play the Jets. On this Patriots team, I actually feel confident starting both Damian Harris and James White. Damian Harris looks like he's going to be getting the bulk of the work on the ground. I think he definitely deserves it. The only kind of question was that he did have a fumble late in that Sunday game, which honestly cost them the win. And we know that Bill Belichick does not put up with fumbles. So we may see some JJ Taylor just because Ramondre Stevenson also fumbled in his one and only carry, but I would still feel confident starting him. I still think he's going to be the workhorse. And then I also feel confident starting James White. It really looks like he's just operating in that same role that he was when Tom Brady was there. Plus, this is just a nice matchup against this Jets team. They're probably going to score a decent amount of points. So I feel solid with both of these guys. And then I'm going to be sitting Ramondre Stevenson and then obviously J.J. Taylor. You know, we just haven't seen them have enough work in game for me to want to put them into my lineup. And then for this Jets team, I am so off of this running back by committee here. You have three guys who are almost dead even in their touches. Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, and Michael Carter. Michael Pirine is the number four, but he was inactive. So I don't even have him on this list. But this is a bad offense with a bad offensive line, especially with Mekhi Becton now out for at least a few weeks. So I will not be touching this backfield at all. Then it's going to be the Denver Broncos traveling to Jacksonville. And if you guys have been watching this channel, you know that I am not a fan of this Broncos backfield. I was fading both Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, and I actually listed Melvin Gordon 
as a guy that I think is a pretty decent option to trade away just because I think his value is as high as it's ever going to be. But I honestly feel confident starting both of these guys this week. And it really just comes down to the Jacksonville Jaguars defense being absolutely horrendous. We saw the Texans just run through them last week. And even though I don't think this Broncos offense is great, it's far better than the Texans. So even though they're going to be splitting carries, I think they could both have very solid days. And then for these Jaguars backs, I do not feel comfortable starting James Robinson or Carlos Hyde. I just hate the way that Urban Meyer has used James Robinson, you know, in week one. It was just not great to see, especially for a guy that had like a third round price tag or maybe the fourth round, but still a top four round pick, mid-tier RB2. I just don't want to put either of these guys in because I think the Broncos are going to go ahead early. Like I mentioned, this Jaguars defense cannot stop anything. So they're going to be throwing the ball a ton. And I just don't want to rely on either one of these backs. On to the Buffalo Bills playing the Miami Dolphins. And I'm going to stick on this trend of not really trusting any of these running backs. I do not want to play any of these Bills RBs. So I'm sitting Devin Singletary, Matt Breida, and Zach Moss. Zach Moss was a healthy scratch. A lot of people thought he was going to lead this backfield. So no shot on playing him. Even when Devin Singletary got the workhorse role, it's really just not a good position to have in this Bills offense. They're going to throw the ball a ton and you're just really relying on a touchdown, which just doesn't seem to be very likely, especially against a pretty solid Dolphins defense. For this Dolphins team, I think if you're a Miles Gaskin owner, you had to be, you know, decently positive about his week one usage. I think his snap count was just a little over 50%. You had the other two running backs around 25. So he's definitely not that full-time three down workhorse back that, you know, you may have seen the upside for, but he is definitely the number one and he did play well when he was given the ball. He's the clear top receiving option, which is really where a lot of his upside is going to come from. So I feel good throwing him into my lineup. And then Malcolm Brown and Salvin Ahmed are going to have to be sitting for sure. Then we have the ever-changing 49ers backfield traveling to Philadelphia. All offseason, we thought that Trey Sermon was going to be the number one. Raheem Mostert was going to be the number two. Then we see Trey Sermon is a healthy scratch. Shanahan comes out after the game and basically says he got beat out by Elijah Mitchell and Jamichael Hasty. Then we see Raheem Mostert go down. It looks like he's going to be out for at least eight weeks. And Elijah Mitchell just went out and was the workhorse. 19 carries, 104 yards, and a touchdown. So he has got to be the number one priority waiver wire pickup. And he's the only person that I feel confident starting into this lineup. You know, Jamichael Hasty and Trey Sermon are both probably going to be involved, but there's no way you can convince me that Trey Sermon is a comfortable start, especially when his own coach came out and said that he was the number four guy on the depth chart. For this Eagles team, I honestly was feeling pretty good about Miles Sanders' usage. You know, I was very concerned that both Gainwell and Boston Scott were going to be involved, but luckily for Sanders, it was only Kenneth Gainwell. Definitely the disappointing part was that Kenny Gainwell got those red zone touches, which is kind of surprising because Gainwell is very undersized, but it's good for Gainwell, and I do think he could continue to carve out a role in this offense, but as of right now, I only feel comfortable going with Miles Sanders. The next game here is going to be the Los Angeles Rams playing against the Colts. And man, Darrell Henderson just had a monopoly over that Rams backfield. I think a lot of people expected Sony Michelle to be very involved and he was just non-existent. I think he got his first touch in the fourth quarter. It was all Darrell Henderson. So you have got to be locked in starting him for the foreseeable future. And Sony Michelle has just got to stay on the bench. Then for the Colts, Jonathan Taylor locked in starter week in and week out. 
He actually got a fair amount of targets, which I think is great news. And then this was kind of a tough call with Naheem Hines here. I think he could be a starter in very deep leagues, but this is just not a great matchup here with the Rams. It doesn't look like he has the total monopoly over those targets out of that backfield. And this is a tough Rams defense. So he's going to be a sit, but I definitely think he's going to be a fringe guy in the next coming weeks. Then we have the Raiders here who just played yesterday at Monday Night Football. And I don't really love this backfield with Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake, but I do think Jacobs has to be a start just because he's going to get the majority of the volume on the ground and he's going to get that red zone work. And I don't think you can count on two touchdowns every week like he had last night, but still the opportunities are going to be there. And there's just not a lot of weapons on this Raiders offense. And then I'm going to be sitting at Kenyon Drake. This was kind of a tough call because he was very involved in the receiving game, but I just didn't see enough work on the ground for him to want to put him in my lineup. For the Steelers, Najee Harris is the only player listed here, and he is a start because if a player is getting 100% of the snaps, he has to be in your starting lineup. Look, this is kind of the problem that we're going to have with Najee Harris. The Steelers' offensive line is terrible. He's not going to be efficient. He's going to struggle against some good defensive lines. But I mean, when you're getting all those touches, you're a locked-in starter. And you know, in favorable matchups, he is just going to feast. Next up, we have a solid running back matchup here between the Bengals and the Bears. I am someone who's been very high on Joe Mixon all offseason, and it was great to just see him ball out week one. I've just been buying into that workload, and I'm totally aware he is not going to be that efficient in every single game, but I do think he's going to be getting around 25 touches every single game, and that is just going to carry him this season. So he is going to be a locked-in start every single week. And then for the Bears, David Montgomery absolutely balled out on Sunday night football against a tough Rams defense. And this is a Bears offense where until Justin Fields is the starter, they're just going to be feeding David Montgomery and they're just not going to have a lot of upside outside of him. Obviously, they're still going to feed him when Justin Fields is there. But I mean, David Montgomery is like the sole operator there. You have Allen Robinson, but he just does not have much of a ceiling with Andy Dalton there. So continue to start David Montgomery. And at his draft price, he is looking like a total steal. His backup, Damian Williams, did get some decent involvement in the game, but not enough where I want to be playing him. Next up, we have the Texans traveling to Cleveland to play the Browns. And I'm going to be sitting all of these Texans running backs. They all showed flashes week one against the Jaguars, Mark Ingram, David Johnson, and Philip Lindsay. But that's probably the best matchup they're going to have all year. Like I mentioned earlier, the Jaguars defense is just atrocious. This is a very solid Cleveland Browns defense. And so I just don't want to be playing either of those guys. They're probably going to be down very early, which means they're going to be throwing the ball with Tyrod Taylor. And with the Browns, I think they're going to be able to run on this Houston Texans team. So Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are both locked in starts. Next up, we have the Saints traveling to Carolina. And this is probably the most obvious slide. Alvin Kamara locked in start. Christian McCaffrey locked in start. Don't even need to talk about it. Then we have the Vikings playing the Arizona Cardinals. Dalvin Cook locked in start. For the Cardinals, I was optimistic with what I saw from Chase Edmonds. He had a lot of involvement earlier in the game. James Conner did end up getting up there in carries, but I think that was mainly due to game script. They had a huge lead and they were just kind of able to run the clock out. But I think in more competitive games, Chase Edmonds is going to be the guy. But honestly, Chase Edmonds and James Conner are looking like solid values at where they were drafted. So this week, I'm going to be starting Chase Edmonds. 
This is probably going to be a fairly close game, so I'm going to have James Conner on my bench. On to the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are hosting the Atlanta Falcons. I do not feel comfortable playing Mike Davis or Cordero Patterson in this game. We saw what they did to Ezekiel Elliott, and we just saw this Falcons offense really, really struggle. Mike Davis got a lot of usage, but this offense could just not move the ball. And if they couldn't do it against the Eagles, I don't think they're going to do it against the Buccaneers. Mike Davis could be a decent buy low option after this game if he's still getting like 10 plus carries. And then for the Bucks, last week I had Rojo as a start, Fournette as a sit. I just switched it this week. I don't think anyone can be truly confident on what they're going to get out of this Buccaneers backfield, but we just got to go with what we've seen. And we really saw Rojo and Fournette both make huge mistakes. Rojo with the fumble, Fournette literally playing volleyball and just popping that screen pass straight up into the air to get picked. So they both made really bad plays, but it seems like Bruce Arians really only cared about Rojo's because Rojo was just on the bench for the rest of the game where Fournette really took over. I think he's going to lose some of that receiving work as Giovanni Bernard gets healthier and more involved into this offense. But as of right now, he is going to be a solid start. Plus, I think they're like 13 point favorites. So they're probably going to be able to run the ball towards the end of the game. Then we have the Tennessee Titans hoping to rebound in Seattle against the Seahawks. And this is pretty straight up. Derrick Henry, I know he struggled, but he is locked into your lineup. Same thing with Chris Carson. They really relied on him week one, and I think they're going to continue to do that here in week two. We've got Cowboys Chargers here, and I think Zeke is going to have a bounce back game. You should not be worried about plugging him into your lineup. That was the worst possible matchup to have week one. This Chargers defense is not terrible, but it's not the same run D as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So starting Zeke, sitting Tony Pollard. And then for the Chargers, I really think the Austin Eckler zero targets was just an anomaly. He was coming off a hamstring injury. He should be 100% going into week two. So he's locked into your starting lineup again. Then I'll be sitting his backup, Larry Roundtree. As Eckler gets healthier and healthier, he will probably see less and less usage. Then we're on to a big time Sunday night football matchup. Here we have the Chiefs traveling to Baltimore to play the Ravens. And for the Chiefs, I'm going to be starting Clyde Edwards-Alaire. To be totally transparent, I am starting to get concerned about CEH. It just seems like the Chiefs do not use him effectively. He's just not a good fit with Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes is not a guy who's looking to check down. They're just not willing to commit to the run. And it kind of just leaves Clyde in a touchdown or bust area. And they just don't really get on the goal line a ton. A lot of their touchdowns are on big plays. So if he goes out, gets in the end zone once or twice, I honestly would probably be looking to move him. And then I'm going to be sitting his backup, Daryl Williams. For the Ravens, I'm going to be starting Tyson Williams. To me, he looked like the best running back last night. He got in the end zone. He was also the most involved in the receiving game. So I think, you know, he's not going to be the workhorse here. The Ravens never really use one but he's a solid start. And then I'm going to be sitting Latavius Murray. You know, he could get some touches week two, spending another week inside that building, but we really just have to wait and see. Then the last matchup of the week, Monday night football, we have the Detroit Lions traveling to Lambeau to play the Packers. And I absolutely loved to see what the Lions did on offense. If you watch that game, that was just a dream for their fantasy pieces. This was kind of something we were talking about all offseason. This offense may not be great, but they just don't have a lot of weapons. So Hawkinson, Swift, and Jamal Williams are all going to be involved. And that is exactly what we saw. Swift and Williams 
both just feasted on the ground and in the air. There wasn't a receiver on that team who had more than three receptions. All the targets were going to Swift and Williams. And so this may be a tougher matchup this week against the Packers. Except for I don't even know if that's true because the 49ers was a pretty tough task, but they just don't have weapons to throw to. So these are the guys who are going to be involved and their game script proof because they are such good receiving backs. I would lean towards DeAndre Swift because he's going to be healthier from that injury and he did end up being the leading snap guy in that game. But I still think Jamal Williams is a solid start. And then for the Packers, I know Aaron Jones just had a miserable day, but you've got to just go back to him. I still have him as my RB5. I think he's going to be great. That was just like a once in a lifetime terrible performance from Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. So I'm going to be starting Jones and then sitting AJ Dillon. So those are going to be my start sits for the 16 week two matchups. I'll be coming out with my positional rankings later on in the week, but I'll be doing these start sits for every position. So wide receivers will also be coming out today. Then I'll have quarterbacks and tight ends tomorrow. If you guys enjoy the content, please just leave a like and subscribe to the channel. Let me know your thoughts down below, but that's all I have for you guys. Thank you for stopping by and I'll see you next time.